want to thank God for all the men who joined us yesterday. We had a great time. Uh, men, in lieu of our uh, breakfast yesterday, we did a lot of uh, clean up around here, fix their, uh, you know, landscaping, and they're finishing that kitchen and building too, and they're working, and uh, I appreciate all the men helping and uh, being a part of that yesterday, making progress. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, all of y'all, for what you do, for how you serve. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This ministry is more than one or two people. This ministry requires a whole army of people to make things happen. And uh, I appreciate everything that you do every day, uh, how you serve flight team leaders and assistants and, and uh, media and everybody, mission, uh, our, our uh, hospitality and music and everybody, youth, and just everything. Amen? If you don't serve, I start serving. If you don't serve anywhere, I start serving somewhere. Amen. Quick, fast, in a hurry. Amen? Amen. God is not unrighteous to forget. to forget your work and your labor of love right. and that you minister to the saints and you do or you continue to minister. So God, we won't forget that. When you, if you continue to serve, he will not forget that, which implies he's going to reward that. Glory to God. So I'm, I'm admonishing you, if you don't serve yet, find somewhere to get plugged in and serve immediately. Immediately. Not because not we need your help. I'm just helping pass that. I ain't solicited your help. Talking about you need to serve. And when you do it, don't do it as unto men, do it as unto the Lord. Because when you do it as unto the Lord, he's going to take care of you. That's what the Bible says, knowing that from the Lord you receive the reward of your inheritance when you serve. Knowing from the Lord you receive the reward, wow, that's another way for us to tap into our inheritance. It's by serving in ministry. He said, from the Lord you receive the reward of your inheritance. Jesus, that's good news right there. Praise God. Are you smiling? All right, Luke 11, verse 5 through 8. Let's read that together. We welcome our guests today. Guests, glad to have you. Good morning, guests. If you're a guest here, wave your hand. Just wave your hand real high. We can see who you are. Wave your hand. Okay. Okay, we're going to call our guests then. Okay, all right, Jonathan, we're doing something new in here today. Who is that again? Yolanda. Yolanda. Were you here Wednesday? Okay, that's, yeah, I saw Wednesday. Praise God. Welcome back. Welcome back. Did they give you a book? Did y'all give her a book? Those who return, we got a little book we'd like to give you. Praise the Lord. All right. Any other shout outs? No? Okay, all right. Luke 11. <laughs> okay, well, for real. Actually, we're going to do shout outs now. Okay. From the U.S. Army? Air Force. All right. Well, that's good. We got another Air Force uh, airman over here. Glad to have you with us. Good to see you. Good to see you. Huh? Okay, we call everybody out. All right. Praise God. Now, see, in the old church, 
at the end of the service, we ask all the guests to stand up and say where you're from, who your pastor is. How many of y'all remember old church like that? Yeah, I'm from First Mount Zion. Reverend Willie James, my pastor. So glad to be here. All right, let's get cranking. Luke 11, verse 5 through 8. Y'all have it? Let's read that together, ready to read. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. All right. Father, thank you today for the word of God that we're about to receive. I pray that you speak to us, Lord. Your servants, we hear, we intend to obey. Thank you for the encouragement, for the admonishment, for the challenges, and for the charges. Thank you, Father, that as you speak the word, as we receive it, the grace will come on us to do what your word is calling for us to do. And thank you that it is so. Thank you for clarity. Thank you, Father. I ask you to confirm your word with signs following. Make it known to us that your stamp of approval is on this word today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. All right, take your seats. Today we're talking about persistent faith pays off. Persistent faith pays off. Everybody say that. Say persistent faith, persistent faith. Pays, off. pays off. All right, now, we've been talking about, again, the Garden of Eden, how God uh, provided this place, this perfect life for his people to Adam and Eve. And, you know, Adam got in sin and he ruined everything. But God uh, sent Jesus Christ along to come and reestablish everything for us. Eden represents the kingdom of God, right? This is this review here. How many of y'all were here Wednesday? Sometimes I feel sorry people don't come on Wednesdays. In fact, I did. Wednesday night, and when I got home, I, I just I said, man, I felt sorry for people who didn't come because the flow of the, of the revelation was so strong and heavy and clear. I felt like God summarized for us about 10, 15 years of revelation, like a crash course in faith and spirit life. So uh, I encourage if you weren't here, go back and watch uh, repeatedly Wednesday night's message. Now, I share with you Wednesday night how Jesus Christ, again, reestablished the kingdom for us. There's a scripture I want us to put our eyes back on again. Romans 14, 17. We can't look at this enough. We've got to get this in our hearts. We've got to get this in our hearts. We've got to get this in our hearts. Romans 14, 17 says, The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, or King James says meat, and, meat or drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and so righteousness is right standing with God. It's you and I being able to look God eyeball to eyeball. It's you and I being on the same, watch this, don't, don't, don't get it bent, on the same plane as God, the same level as God. Not saying we are God, but we can talk to God face to face. You and I don't, don't have to feel um, unworthy ever. You and I should never, we should never feel unworthy or, I'm going to stretch your religion here even inferior to God. Now, I know there's a lot to come at you at 11.53 on a Sunday morning. 
But you and I should never feel inferior to God because he made us in his image and his likeness. So he doesn't want us to feel inferior. Righteousness. Righteousness. Y'all struggling with that. Second um, Corinthians 5, 21, Jesus Christ became sin for us that we might be made. So we are the righteousness of God. We are his righteousness. We have his righteousness made just like him. You understand that? Now, if you don't get that, you can't really operate with him. You can't operate on his level. So it's important that you get that. We'll deal with that another time. Righteousness and peace. Peace is RNA. It's uh, perfection of everything. Nothing missing, lacking, or broken here. In, it's in, the, in the Greek, it's the word irene, which means security, safety, felicity, prosperity, and happiness. Security, safety, felicity, which is another word for happiness. Prosperity and happiness. Okay? So this is the perfect life. This is nothing in your life being, being wrong. In other words, not you're going to have money, but you're sick. Not you're going to uh, be healed, but you'll have no money. I'm live 120 years, but I'm struggling whole 120 years. Or I have money and I have uh, uh, heal, uh, health, but my marriage is torn up. It's not, no, this is total perfection of your life. And joy in the Holy Ghost. Right? So it's a, it's a, it's a level of, and joy is a force. It, joy is, is your strength. So this force of joy will keep you going your whole life. Got it? And it says that's what the kingdom of God is. Right? How many of y'all are in the kingdom? So that's, you're in it. You're in that. So you and I have to make sure we get it in us. Got it? Okay, that's what you're doing sitting here right now. You're hearing the word of the kingdom preached to you. And if you receive it, mix it with faith, then what we're reading here is supposed to start manifesting in your life. Got it? A righteousness understanding. All right. Yeah, I just heard that. Romans 1, 17, because people are struggling with righteousness. Romans 1, 17 says, for the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And so when I talk about righteousness and I talk about you not being inferior to God, some of y'all looking like, well, it's revealed from faith to faith. So you have to work with it. Let your faith grow to accept. Most Christians can accept righteousness in the stance of I'm going to heaven. But, but they don't accept or understand righteousness in the fact that heaven has come to them. That heaven is inside them. The kingdom of God is within them. That when they... When they have that understanding that they can now walk in the gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Holy Ghost and they can minister to the, to the sick and cast out devils and turn lives around and say, the kingdom of God has come upon you. Because they, under, they don't understand that that kingdom that they're in is also in them. They are made righteousness on the same, on, on level plan. Oh man, I, I'm, I'm struggling to try to say this to you. But you got to catch it wherever your faith is. It's revealed from faith to faith. You got it? So what I'm saying, Sister Annie, is not wrong. It just may be beyond your understanding. You got to work with it. You got to get the revelation from faith to faith. You got it? I just 
Holy Spirit wanted me to go back over that because I know when I said this thing about righteousness, I probably blew 80% of people out, out, the, out the side window somewhere. So y'all come back. Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Got it? That's the kingdom. Everybody say, that's the kingdom. It's in me. I have it. James 2, verse 5. Turn over there. James 2, verse 5. James 2, verse 5. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Listen, my beloved brethren, y'all listening? Has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? So God chose, he chose the poor of this world, naturally poor, to be rich in or rich through faith. So you're going to get rich or you, your life will be changed through faith. And you are heirs of the kingdom. So everybody say, I'm an heir of the kingdom. Now, what is an heir? An heir is a person who inherits something. An heir is a person who they don't do anything to deserve it or earn it. They just receive it. Glory to God. In Psalm 104, 105, somewhere, it talks about how the, the, the Jews, uh, God's people, they fell heir to what others toiled for. In other words, everybody else did the hard work, and God just said, here, this is yours. Got it? So you and I are heirs of the kingdom. We don't have to earn or work or, uh, quote, unquote, deserve. We just have to receive, allow it, and let him reveal our right. The more we understand our righteousness, the more we can operate on kingdom uh, level. Are you hearing me? Glory to God. If you still struggle with sickness, it's just you don't know enough about how to walk it out yet. Struggle with financial uh, issues, you don't know enough yet. I know God, that's good, but you got to, you know, have the full knowledge of God. You got it? Okay, so we are rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom. Everybody say, I'm an heir. Heir means I have an inheritance, right? Okay, 1 Peter 1 verse 4, moving quickly, moving quickly. 1 Peter 1 verse 4. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody awake? Okay, shake yourself. Stay with me here. Don't let the sleep demon get jump on you today. 1 Peter 1 verse 4. Start at verse 3 for me, please. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. We've been born again to a living hope. Everybody say, I have a living hope. hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Has Jesus Christ been raised from the dead? Yes, he has. Verse 4. Now watch this. To an inheritance. Incorruptible. So you and I have been born again to an inheritance. Now we just read in James 2.5, we are heirs. So heirs have an inheritance. Heirs live off their inheritance. Heirs don't live off going to work. Heirs don't live off government provision. Heirs, unless they are heirs, you know, you're in some government where, you know, you're a royalty, you know what I'm saying, like that, that's, that's government provision. But it ain't the government provision like we thinking about. Okay, so, all right, let me come back. So an inheritance that's incorruptible, what else? And what else? And what else? So you have an uh, an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, does not fade away, and reserved in heaven. So by by saying incorruptible, undefiled, and does not fade away, we we could summarize those things into preserved. You know what preserves are? How many of y'all old enough to remember eating preserves? 
They still sell them, I think, other places. But you know, if you if you old enough, you remember preserves. Your mama, somebody, you go to go to Georgia, come back with a box full of preserves, apricot preserves, peach preserves, strawberry preserves, you know, all that kind of stuff. All right, and that last stuff lasts for years. You go you. You can have a, it can be in a bomb shelter that you're going to have the preserves, you're going to be good, right? So preserve. In other words, and when they can it, I remember when I went, went up, uh, I spent a month in, uh, in prison up in, in Caraville, Florida. <laughs> well, it wasn't prison. It felt like prison. It was a farm. We had to work on a farm for a whole summer. It felt like prison. And um, <laughs> it felt like it. <laughs> But I saw them preserve fruits and vegetables. And they had to, you can it. Y'all know what canning is? Except they called it can, but they were using jars. I don't I didn't get that. It was, it was about to can peaches, but, huh? Oh, the lid is what makes it can. Oh, okay. Okay. So they had a little mason jars, and they seal it real tight. And that preserved it. So nothing got out and nothing got in. And you can take it and keep it till you graduate high school and it's still going to be some good. It's preserved. Right? So the Bible says that your, your inheritance is preserved for you. Preserved and reserved. So in other words, you preserve it and put your name on it. Got it? God has preserved an inheritance and your inheritance is all your blessings. Everything you could ever need and want desire. You got it? It's your healing. It's your right. It's your financial prosperity. It's your right. It's your family being blessed. It's your right. Having children. It's your right. Living long and strong. It's your right. The Bible says healing is the children's bread. Abraham went to the grave. He died uh, full of days and, and, and a good old age. So that's how you and I are supposed to live. Without fear of death. Without fear of all kind of tragedy. I'm in the right church. Okay. So, so it's preserved and reserved for you. Now, the issue with 98% of the church is they plan on dying to get it. That I don't get that preserved, reserved blessing, preserved, reserved inheritance till I get over yonder in the sweet by and by. Where there'll be no more cloudy day. When the wicked shall cease from troubling and the weary shall be at rest. I got to die to get it. They gone on their reward, gone on their reward. They gone on, they get their inheritance. Most of them, I imagine, probably got shocked when they woke up in heaven and saw the glorious splendor of heaven and, and found those things with their names on them. Oh, I got it now. It was four down there. Okay, now, I want to help you with something here because I, I, want to, I want to make sure we get the cobwebs out of our thinking here. Is that, is that when we look at, okay, it's reserved and preserved in heaven for you, people think, okay, it's in heaven. Uh, it's, 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 it's there for me to get it later. But Jesus used this same vernacular here in Matthew 6. If, let's look at Matthew 6 for a moment and put Matthew 6, verse 19 and 20 on the screen, please. Because Jesus used the same phraseology here. Okay? He said, do not lay up for yourselves. 
do not lay up for yourselves. Now, if he says lay up, if, if, if he says do not lay up, where are the treasures currently? Here, here. here you have them. Because right. he's teaching on giving. Right. He says do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where what? Moth, moth and rust. If you got a King James, it'll say moth and rust corrupt. So he says on earth, moth and rust corrupt treasures. I got one person got it. Moth and rust corrupt treasures on earth. He said, and where thieves break in and steal. He says, verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. He's saying, transfer your money, your treasures into a different account, a different a different holding place in heaven. Now, how many of y'all have ever gotten on a, on a rocket ship with your offering and your tithes and your partnership and your honorarium and your vows and your alms and taking them up to heaven? No, you've never done that. So he obviously doesn't mean get in your favorite rocket ship and go to heaven. He's talking about when you give, you are putting your treasure, when you put it in the kingdom, in the kingdom, when you put it in the kingdom, you are putting it in a place where it's now preserved for you. Oh, this happened to people. Where neither moth nor rust destroys or corrupts in King James, and where thieves do not break in and steal. So you're putting it in a safe place. Now, at the same time, glory to God, he said in Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given to you good measure, pressed down. Now, when you give, he's, this is what's happening when you give. You're doing this. And he says, when you give, then he said, it's going to be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. Now, the men, when they give into your bosom, they're not getting in their favorite rocket ship, going up to heaven and bringing it back to you. It's still in the in, in material realm. It's still on this earth. It's just you have put a heavenly seal on it. Man, I'm preaching way better than y'all let know. You're putting a heavenly seal on it where it can't be corrupted and it can't be stolen from you. People doing everything they can right now to try to protect their assets naturally. But American greed shows me that they can get all your assets, get all your pension, get all your social security. They can steal all your money. They'll, we call them white collar criminals. They'll rob you blind. And God is saying, I'm trying to get you to avoid being wiped out. Lay up your treasures in heaven where nobody can wipe you out. Where it can't be corrupted and it can't be stolen. Put it in a, in a place for safekeeping. Preserved. So when we read in, in 1 Peter 1, 4 about your inheritance that is preserved and reserved in heaven for you, he doesn't mean you got to get in your favorite rocket ship and go get it, nor do you have to die in order to enjoy it. He's just telling you that it's, it's, it's sealed by heaven. So your inheritance is not for later, it's for now. 
All right, I don't have time to keep messing with you. Y'all got it? Okay, because I gave you the scripture Wednesday night, hopefully to explain it to you a little more. Colossians 1, Colossians 1, 3 through 5 in the, in the Passion Translation. Colossians 1, 3 through 5 in the Passion Translation. Watch this. Hallelujah. Get on the screen for us, please. Colossians 1, 3 through 5. Watch this. Every time we pray for you, our hearts overflow with thanksgiving to Father God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Keep going, please. For we have heard of your what? Say it again. You got to analyze, do you have this right here? Your devoted lives of faith. Is your life a faith life? Do you live by faith? The just shall live by faith. Habakkuk, Romans, Galatians, Hebrews all say that. The just shall live by faith, right? That's, that's one of the only statements you see four times in the Bible, right? Okay, so your, your devoted lives of faith and your tender love toward all his holy believers. Now watch verse 5. Your faith and love, your devoted life of faith and love, rise within you as you what? Access. Access, come on. All the treasures of your inheritance. Stored up. So your treasures are stored up in the heavenly realm. So you don't have to get in your favorite rocket ship and go to heaven to get them. They're just stored up there. If, you, if your company or your, your house, you may have a storage room. Some of y'all have storage you're paying for. Oh, no, that's a waste of money. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to say nothing, y'all. You know, I don't know. Listen, as many storage units, they're built all over this town. Everybody got storage units everywhere. Now, the whole point of a storage unit is not for, you to, not for it to be there and you can't get it. They give you access code to get onto the property, and you have a key and a lock to get in. So anytime you want, you can access what's in storage. You don't put it in storage and say, well, I, I used to have, I used to have a, a couch. I used to have a television. Right? You don't say, you don't use past tense, I used to have that. You say, I have a television. Yeah, you got a television, where is it? In storage. I got, I got, oh man, I got, I got, I got me a, a clock nine, man. I got me a nine millimeter, yeah. If you have here, real, 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 where, where is it? In storage. And you know anytime you need it, you, get, you got access to go get it. So if I say, I, I'm a multimillionaire, show me your millions, where is it? It's in storage. I have my healing. I have divine life. Well, you don't look like it. Look at your body. It's in storage. Everything I need that pertains to life and godliness, he's already given me. Where is it? It's in storage. Well, how you get it? My devoted life of faith accesses everything God has for me in storage. So in storage, I don't wait till I die to get it, Anissa. I get it now. Now, if I don't go get it, it remains in storage. It'll just stay there. Did you hear what I said? It'll just stay in storage. It's not just going to come to you. It's just, your item's not just going to get out the storage and come to you. 
They'll stay right there in storage as long as you leave it. Some of y'all have blessings that are stuck in storage just because you won't keep a devoted life of faith. God's already stocked up the whole storeroom for you and everything you need that pertains to life and God, he's already given you. He's already, he's already given. He's already given. He's already given. He's already given you everything that pertains to life and Godliness. Life and God-likeness. To live life like God. He's already given you. But where is it? I don't have it. It's in storage. Well, I wish I had the cold. Bam. Tell you, everything you need everything. to live like God, live like God. Is, in is in storage. There's no re. Listen, hey, hey, if 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 I move into another a new house, and this house has seven bedrooms, and I want televisions in every bedroom. But I only have, in my current house, I have, four bed, I have four televisions. But I know I have ten in storage. Am I going to sit there and like, oh, I wish I had me a television. So I wish I had me a television. I'm, watch this. Watch this. I'm going to believe God for television. I believe I received my television. Got your good confession. I have a television. 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 He's going to say, I know you have one. Will you just go get it? See, see, by your devoted life of faith, you have access to this. You just got to go get it. Well, it ain't work for me. Well, you, maybe your life ain't devoted for faith yet. But you can change that. Just start devoting your life to living by faith. And you have access to everything. Matter of fact, D, if I got five extra TVs sitting in storage and you tell me, hey, Bass, I, I need a TV, my TV went broke, I got you. Yeah, I got extra TVs. Yeah, yeah, I got you. You hear what I'm saying? That's when you really know you're walking in, in prosperity. When you got enough when somebody else needs something. I got you. <laughs> this, this, see this this what this what, what, what my, my brother was saying when he saw I'm learning how your secret of blessing yeah I've learned my wife and I've learned this she, she got away before I, I think it just came naturally to her I had to learn it she always been a giver I had to, I had to really learn it and, and develop in that area more so than she did it's just, you just give everywhere give all the time you're not going to run out it's it's too many trees. Money is a renewable resource. You can't, you can't, you cannot run out of money. You cannot. And most people won't give because you're scheduling around of money. And guess what happens when you do that? You start running out of money. What you fear the most comes upon you. So when you fear running out of money, guess what happens? You start running out of money. 
Amen, fans. Thank you for being here, fans. I appreciate that. At least the fans moving. Thank you, Lord, fans. I may not have many followers, but I got fans. If you want to manifest anything, anything out of the kingdom of God, you must have persistent faith. Write that down. If I want to manifest anything out of the kingdom of God, I must have persistent faith. If I want to manifest anything out of the kingdom, I must have persistent faith. As we've been talking about the last two messages, persistent faith. Right? Why? Because you have a persistent adversary. Who's our adversary? The devil. The devil is your adversary. The devil is not your friend. Isn't it interesting how, 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 the, how the world tries to paint the devil in, in kind of like a nice light? They got TV shows about Lucifer and... Huh? They got one called The Devil now? Little kids dress up at Halloween time as the devil. Little pitchfork and they make him a little nice little guy. The devil ain't nice. Has the devil been nice to anybody here? Let me do that. The devil is evil. He only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not messing with you. He's not playing games with you. When he comes, he's after your head. That's why the Bible says give no place to the devil. Don't make any room for him. Allot him no place, no time, no space in your life. The moment you play with him, you are on track to death. It's for real. He's, he's destroyed many. He's destroyed millions. He's a deceiver. The Bible says he deceives the whole world. So anything the devil brings you is deceptive. It's, it's, it's deceit. It looks like truth. It looks like right. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death or destruction. Because the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he does. And he's, he's not only is that what he does, he's good at it. Not only is he good at it, he's persistent. He just keeps on coming and keeps on coming and keeps on coming. He might give you a weekend break. And even when you get the tax money, he ain't giving you a break because he's going to come and deceive you with riches. The Bible calls it deceiving as riches. All of a sudden, you get your little tax money to come in. Look, 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 look at me. I'm a baller. I'm a baller. I'm a baller. The devil comes in. You know what you should do with that? Girl, you know what you should do with that? Bro, you've been trying to get them rims for the last three years. You better get them rims, bro. Now, he know you broke as a joke, don't have nothing more, more than Cooter Brown got, but he don't deceive you, trick you into putting all your money into some rims. And then crying about rent two months later. So he's, he's relentless. He's persistent. Y'all didn't like that when I said He's, he's persistent. And so he's persistent because he knows deep. He's read Hebrews 11. He was there for all of it. He was there for all of Hebrews 11. He knows what Abel did. He knows what Abraham did. He knows what Isaac did. He knows what Jacob did. He knows by faith Rahab. He knows, he knows, he knows by faith the walls of Jericho came down. He was there for every one of those stories. 
So he knows if you would have persistent faith, he knows what's going to happen in your life. You're going to be a multi-millionaire, a multi-billionaire, living long, living strong. You're going to be a threat to his kingdom every day. Every time you wake up, he's going to be like, oh, I let them wake up again. He knows, so he has to be persistent. So he will not let up on you. Give me a break, devil. No. He's coming after you. Just as sure as you wake up. Good morning. Right? On your way to work? Somebody going to cut you off? You're not a whole fool. That was the devil. And there you go putting your little middle finger up like you. He said, gotcha. I gotcha. Come on now. I'm just throwing a little example. So you have a persistent adversary. Now, Persistent faith will always pay off. Say that. Persistent faith will always pay off. Hebrews 10.35 in the Passion Translation, Hebrews 10.35, you all know this is cast away, no, do not cast away your confidence for that's great recompense of reward. Put in the Passion Translation for us, please. It says, so don't lose your bold, courageous faith for you are destined for great reward. So your faith, faith points you that's what destined means. Your destination is set. Your faith points you to a reward. Faith gives you a direction. It gives you an end. Says you are destined for a great reward. Tell your neighbor you're destined for a great reward. So then it says, so don't lose your bold, courageous faith. If it tells you that, then it means that there's going to be opportunities, Elder Baker, to lose your bold, courageous faith. That's why we read earlier about a devoted life of faith. Satan wants to do nothing more than to get you to give up your faith. He's not, oh, the devil on my marriage. He ain't after your marriage. Your marriage ain't the issue. You think your marriage is the issue? If it was as simple as breaking up a marriage, I mean, that's the only thing he'd ever focus on was just breaking up your marriage. He knows, though, if he breaks up your marriage, you're going to say, oh, well, I locked my marriage over. Okay, it's over. Well, he ain't done. You think he's going to back off now just because he broke your marriage up? No, he's going to keep going. Well, I'm, I'm free now, so I'm happy. Now I'm happy. I can start a new life, now I'm happy. That's what you think. You're going to be happy about three days, four days, five days. I can do bad by myself. He's going to say, okay. Gotcha. We're going to see how long you can make it by yourself. Doing bad. And I'm going to bring you some worse. Because your marriage. Now, I'm just, I'm just throwing out marriage. It could be anything. If you think losing your job was the issue, it wasn't losing your job. He's persistent. So he's going, he's going, he, you know, we know, Deacon Gershom, you, you know, military, you don't just launch an air assault. Not when you want to annihilate an enemy. You're going to come in. That, that's, what, that's why we have more than just the Air Force. Thank God for our airmen that are sitting here. But we have more than just the Air Force. We have the Navy. We have the Marines. We got the Army. We even have the Coast Guard. 
Why? Because we're going to attack, not the Coast Guard. Coast Guard just kind of protect you know. They just, they just get them drugs off them boats, man. But the other the armed forces, though, they, they're going to attack from all different areas. That's how you, you know, uh, I don't know if y'all, how many of y'all remember 1990, between 88 and 92, when uh, George H.W. Bush was president. And they launched uh, the first attack on uh, Iran, or Iraq, right? Was that Desert Storm? And they, he, he came out with this phrase, shock and awe. He said, we're going to come out with shock and awe. In other words, we're going to hit them fast and hit them hard. That's how you do when you play football. You hit them fast and hit them hard. Punch them in the mouth. In other words, we're we going to attack from every, every side. They ain't going to know what hit them. We're going to hit them so fast. And when they did that, you, how many of y'all remember that during that time? You watch the video, all the Iraqi soldiers come like this. Hey, hey, no, no, man, no, 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 America, America. Right? They, I mean, just, just lines of them. Hey, no, 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 no. They weren't talking about no Allah, Akbar, nothing. They were like, God, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. I'm just, that's how it was. Because they got hit so fast and so hard, they didn't have time to react. And that's how the devil does against you, is he's going to bring... He goes gonna hit you so fast, so hard. Wave after wave after wave. So if you don't counter him, thank you, Lord. The Bible says that you have the shield of faith. So you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. All the fiery darts of the wicked one. He's shooting fiery darts at your mind. He's shooting fiery darts at your mind. Well, he in my health. It ain't your healthy happening, it's your mind. That's why the Bible says you got to gird up the loins of your mind. Because he's trying to, he's trying, trying to get your, your mind to, 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 into arguments, into imaginations. So instead of you imagining living long and strong, you, you start imagining your funeral. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Anybody, anybody, come on, tell the truth. Anybody here? I'm telling you how he was attacking me. Start, start imagining your funeral. Imagine what's, what's going to be like with my wife and Mike. You start imagining your funeral. You start imagining getting evicted. You start imagining living on the streets, homeless, broke, sick, busted. You start imagining. See, that's in your mind. He's attacking right there. So he, he attacks on all these areas persistently to get all these imaginations in your, in your mind. That's why the Bible says you got to cast down imagination. I got to cast that down. I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I shall live prosperously. I shall live long and strong. My children shall rise up and serve the Lord. My whole household shall be saved. See, in your faith, 
Your shield of faith has to be put up to counteract all that stuff. And you can't, you can't put the shield of faith up on Sunday morning and take it down on Sunday night. No, you ain't getting no Sunday morning shield, man. Well, I put it back up on Wednesday night. That ain't enough. The devil don't take Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday off. Matter of fact, you know what he do on Monday? He turn it up. Turn up, turn up, turn up. The devil, he turn it up Tuesday. You got plans for the weekend? Friday come. Oh, payday. Oh, look, we going to have a good time. Turn up Friday morning. Here you go. He's trying to get to your mind so he can destroy your faith. So you gotta you gotta be persistent in your in your in your counter. You gotta be persistent. I I can't I can't I can't be sometimey. Now now all right I gotta I gotta get on track because I'm I'm a dog out of time. Uh, uh, so where are your treasures? Stored up in heaven or in heavenly places. How do you access them? By your faith. Okay, your faith has a reward. Where, 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 where had your Hebrews ten thirty five? Put that up in the worldwide English. Worldwide English. Put watch this. So do not stop believing God now, baby. Don't stop. Don't stop believing. Your faith will bring you much reward. Do not stop believing God now. Now, for him to say that now means there's something happening now at this present moment. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody experiencing something right? You got to raise your hand if you want to. Anybody experiencing something right now that you know your faith is being challenged? I know that's only, only 30% of y'all. The rest of everybody's good. Everything good. But most of us in here are, I don't care if everything's good, it, it, even if everything's good for you. If you're in faith, if you're in the world, you know good ain't even good enough. Something should be drawing you, tugging at you on the inside, it's supposed to be something better. Praise God, it's good now. It's good, but it's supposed to be something better. It's supposed to be something more that God has. There's a place God wants me to go. And so I'm, I'm, I'm happy, but I'm not satisfied. And your faith should be locked into something better. But if you're going through something, your faith better be locked into, I'm coming out of this thing. You got it? So don't stop believing now. Now what? Now that the devil putting up his big fight. Now that the car starting to act up. Don't stop believing now. Now that the pain start, wait, I, I, ain't, I was praying about this pain. It's on the other side now. Don't stop believing now. Now that the report card just came out, what? what, what? I, I thought you told me you. Don't stop believing now. Tell you that, but don't stop believing now. Oh, 
See, if you stop believing now, you're going to stop. You're going to, I'm going to use a better word because we know we can, we can resume and recommence. You're going to stall, delay your acquisition of your reward. Because your faith is putting the code in slowly. Oh, Jesus. You, you ever see you, anybody here ever, ever picked a lock? You see, ain't nobody say nothing. Well, Pastor G, the statute of limitations has not run out on that yet, so uh, I can't really tell you what I've... Let me see how long ago that's been before I say anything. But you keep, you kind of keep fiddling with it. You kind of, and you don't, you don't know that moment when you see that click. Aha. Uh-huh. No, no, again, none of them did that. But back in, I, I don't know if they still had this. Back when I was in middle school, we had to get them little, them combination locks back in school. Y'all remember that? And we can figure out people lock, people combinations. Just watch them enough. You kind of get an idea. You just... Yeah, our kids figure out our phone. I mean, just they just breaking down our phones. Your kids know all your stuff. Let me just tell you. you know but you just, you just, you 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 just don't know that moment when you. Oh, there it is. What I'm saying to you is, if you keep living by faith, you don't know that one moment when all of a sudden. You just got to keep turning. Just, just keep turning. Just, you just keep, I'm going to just keep believing. I'm going to just keep fasting. I'm, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep confessing. I'm going to keep decreeing. I'm going to keep standing. I'm going to keep serving God. I'm going to keep lifting my voice to him. I'm going to keep sleeping by night and rising by day. I'm going to keep doing what God tells me to do. And click. You don't know the seed. You don't know the shout. You don't know which dance it's going to be, Pashera. I mean, I heard y'all saying my praise is a weapon, right? Well, you don't know which time, what day it is you're going to praise God. It, it might not even be in church. It might be on a Tuesday morning before you get, you're getting ready for work. That's why you can't stop. You got to be persistent because... One of these days, one of these moments, it's going to click. There it is. You see? Let me keep going here. Thank you, Lord. So persistent faith. It never draws back. I want to I get into this real quick. Uh, give you an example of persistence. I've got a few here, but let me see if I can get, get through one today. In Luke 11, we've been looking at that, and um, verse 5, this is parable Jesus gave. Not really a parable. I wouldn't call it a parable as much as I call it a question. He gives a scenario here. Y'all there? Luke 11, verse 5, and he said, this is Jesus, said to them, which of you shall have a friend? Anybody have friends? Yes. 
Okay. Now we're going we gonna to try our friend right here. See how good a friend you have. Which, which of you should have a friend? Now, okay. All right. Let's fix this real quick. In this story, I don't want you to be the friend in the house. I want you to be the friend knocking on the door. Because I already can, can guess your answer if you're the friend in the house. Did that so-and-so call me at 12 o'clock? <laughs> Pick your phone up. So I want you to be the friend at the door, okay? This is where Jesus puts us. Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, friend, friend. You know how they started out? Friend. Lend me three loaves. Now what time is it? Midnight. Now is midnight the most convenient time? No. We probably had a torch or a lantern or something like that. For a friend, here's why. A friend of mine has come to me on, on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. First of all, that's a bad indictment. So this is your broke friend. <laughs> now, this, this is the friend who, I don't have anything. He said, he said I don't have enough. He said, I have nothing. Now, I want you to, you don't have to put your hand up. But some of y'all could say, I can relate. Okay, nobody going to say anything. He said, I have nothing to set before him. Somebody coming to me to be a blessing or coming to me at a time of need, and I have nothing to set before him. Verse 7, and he will answer him from within, or he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut. Well, I knew that. That's why I'm knocking on it. And, but look at this. The door is shut, and my children are with me in bed. Now, I bet you don't mean in the physical bed with them, but everybody asleep. You, you wake up my children. Now, I imagine at midnight, this knock got to be kind of thunderous. Do, 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 do. Because he, he needs he need something. He didn't come, now if you, I mean, he's not talking about, he, he coming with a little boldness. You already got a little audacity to be coming at midnight anyway. Well, you didn't know your friend was coming? You know what I'm saying? Oh, he surprised you. Your friend, you got a surprise need. Okay. He says, my children are in bed with me. He says, I cannot rise and give to you. Now watch Jesus' scenario here. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, what did it say? He will not rise and give to him because he is his friend. In other words, friendship has its limits. Oh, that's my ace boon coon. Every friendship has its limits. He said, I know you, I hear you out there in need, but look, I'm in bed, my children in bed, my family asleep, what you doing knocking on my door? I'm not going to get up for that. 
yet because of his persistence. So what Jesus doesn't tell us explicitly in the story we can, is, is implied that the man, when he asked for the help and the friend didn't answer the door, the friend, he didn't turn around and go back home. Poop, 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 poop. Hey, man. I'm in bed. You better go on. Boom, 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 boom. Hey. Daddy, who is that? So, Jesse. I got it, son. I imagine about a third or fourth time, you know, Hank, Hank, he grab a bat or something. He got a club in his hand. Hey, man, I don't told you, man. He's like, friend. This is friend. He says because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So persistence didn't just get a little handout. I'm going to give you all you can take. Don't come back to me no more. I don't want to see you no more for the next year and a half. Take all the bread. Here, take it, take it, take it. All the bread. All, just take it all of everybody. See, and the, Jesus said because of his persistence. In other words, his friendship wasn't enough. I am a friend of God. He said his persistence. Now, first of all, let me make sure you don't, you don't take God to be like this guy who's refusing. But Jesus is making a point here that persistence was greater than friendship. If you have the King James Bible, use the word importunity. How many of you have a King James Bible here? It used the word importunity. Now, that word importunity is an interesting word. Put it up on the screen for us, please. Importunity. He said because of his importunity. The word importunity means persistence. No, give, give me the, did I give you the Greek for that first? I want you to see it in the Greek. You should have it in the Greek. Glory to God. But this is the dictionary definition of that importunity. This is, this is us. Persistence, especially to the point of annoyance. Persistence, especially to the point of annoyance. So what happened to the friend inside? He got annoyed. He said, I better get rid of this joker, man. He's going to wake, wake my house up. He, ain't gonna be, he, he, not, he won't be my friend too much longer. Did y'all find the, the Greek that I that sent you? Let me just read it for you. It's the, the Greek word anadia, which means shamelessness, impudence, which means rudeness, audacity, and boldness. Rudeness, audacity, and boldness. Shamelessness. You got the audacity. 
come bold before the throne of grace. With no shame. Have the audacity, the nerve, to grab everything that's stored up for you, preserve, reserve for you. Now, watch this. Go back to that story here. Verse 8. Well, they got it. They got it. But I read it now. Verse 8. I say to you, though he will not rise to give him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Now, now, now let's, let's, let's ask this question. Now, what time did he come to him? Midnight. Midnight. Midnight was an inconvenient time. Right? Now, if you're his friend... Now, Jesus doesn't tell us this explicitly, but let's, let's assume, this, this is probably what I would do if I'm the guy inside in bed. I would probably say, hey, man, come back in the morning. Because he, he's his friend. He didn't tell him no. He didn't tell him no. He's saying not right now. In other words, this is not a good time. You got to wait until the morning comes. Tomorrow I'll give you, I'll take care of you, but this is not, it's, it's not the right time for you to have this now. But the Bible says he didn't get up because he was his friend. He moved because he was persistent, which meant I'm not leaving here. I'm not going nowhere till you give me what I'm asking for, till you give me what I need. Persistent faith, watch this, will pull future supply into the now. You ought to write that down. Persistent faith will pull future supply into your now. In other words, he's his friend. I'm going to give it to you, but later. Y'all missed it. I'm going to give it to you because you're my friend, but I'll give it to you later. But this guy said, I I can't wait till later. I want, I need this now. I need this now. So, so, so what I want you to get out of this revelation here is that, that if you use your faith, there are things that may be deemed for you for later, and God says use your faith, you can get later stuff now. You ain't got to wait till you're 45 or 65 or 85 or t- until you get to heaven. Most of the church says, when I wake up in the morning, what's that good, great day in the morning? Uh, in the morning when I rise and people, I mean, they went to sleep on this side and woke up on that side to get their inheritance. God is saying, no. You can buy your persistence pull tomorrow's supply into, oh Jesus. Are y'all catching this here? God don't want you to go home empty. He don't want you going around empty. When this man said, I don't have, he didn't say I have nothing. He didn't say I don't have enough. He said, I don't have, he said I have nothing. Which means he didn't even have enough for himself. Because a friend, if his friend come, he would have said, hey, no, you eat this. He didn't have enough for his friend or enough for him. So he went to a friend who had it. So the guy who's traveling didn't have it. He went to a friend. He didn't have it. So he went to another friend who had it. Who had it. 
So the guy who was traveling, a friend of a friend, took care of him. The people in the world are the friends who are coming to you. Because so, they don't know that friend. They don't know your friend. They know you. They're coming to you. And they're, and they're coming to you at, a, at an inconvenient time. They're coming to you at a time when you say, I don't have anything. God, I would feed the, feed the nations, but I don't have anything. God, I would, I would take care of people, but I don't have anything. I know you don't have anything, but you can go to your friend. And because your friend will give to you, now you have enough for yourself and for your friend. And then after that, when the morning comes, you can introduce your friend to your other friend. Now they can be friends. Now you can deal with your friend for yourself. Your people don't know God. Your friends out there, they don't know God. If everything crashes, they don't know what to do. They're going to come to you. Christian, believer, child of God, friend of God. I'll tell you about my friend Jesus. All right, let me finish up. One more story. One more story. Matthew 15. Because I, I just showed you that this man pulled future supply into the now. Matthew 15, I want to show you persistent faith again, pulling what's in the future into the now. Hallelujah. Are you there? Yes, sir. Matthew 15, 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. My daughter got issues. Have mercy on me. <laughs> my daughter been putting me all through it. Have mercy on me. Now, he said, My daughter has the issues, but help me. I hear you. I hear you. Somebody else got the issues, but help me, Lord. Because I got to deal with these issues. I'm the caretaker for this. I can't hardly get no sleep. Watch them all the time. Have mercy on me. Now, it's, it's by faith that she reaches out to Jesus. Now watch. Hallelujah. Verse 23. But he answered her not a word. So she has a choice now, Candace. She can either turn around and walk away because he ignored her 
Or she can have persistent faith. I mean, he answered her not a word. Laquanda, you prayed, and like, God, you ain't saying nothing. Nobody know what I'm talking about? I prayed. I ain't heard nothing yet. And nothing changed yet. I don't pray three times. Nothing changed yet. He answered her not a word. What do you do when God doesn't answer you? I mean, now y'all. Jesus. And his disciples, the, the deacons, came and urged him, Pastor, send her away. She cries out after us. She's disturbing our service, disturbing our rest. She cries out after us. Us. Now, all I heard is say, Lord, son of David. Now, they're talking about us. Now, if, if they're saying that, that means she didn't walk away when she was ignored. Let, let, me, let, me, let me defend Jesus for a moment, if you allow. Because when it says he answered answer her not a word, don't think of it as he ignored her like he was just mean. It's just that she's a Gentile. And as a Gentile, she had no access. As a Gentile, she had no, no real right to be talking to Jesus, a Jewish rabbi, about anything. So he, compassionate him, he wants to do something. It's just he knows that she has no right, in other words, and I'll, I'll show you this, watch this, watch this. So the disciple said, verse 23, send her away for she cries after us. So other people will get, get bothered by your faith. You keep crying out and shouting like you're doing and pressing in. Other folk going to get bothered by it. You start on our service. Verse 24. But he answered them, implied, and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, this is why I can't say anything to her. So, so far, he ain't talked to her yet. This whole dialogue... He didn't even reply to him, respond to him. He, he just, he can't, he didn't say anything yet to her. She hollering to him, then he didn't say anything back. She hollering to the disciples, or loud enough for them to get annoyed, 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 annoyed. And he finally responds to them and say, guys, you know, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She ain't from Israel. She's a Syrophoenician. She's a Greek woman. She's a Gentile. She's so far, not qualified to receive anything. What I have to give doesn't belong to her. 
It's not her time yet. Now, you remember this is the same Jesus Christ who said, other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. So he knows in the future, she's going to be one of his sheep. But until he serves his full ministry, till he goes to the cross, till he goes down into the grave, into hell, and gets up on the third day morning, she has no access. For the gospel is to the Jews first, then to the Gentiles. Are y'all hearing me? Okay, so... I'm not sent to her. Ha, ha, ha. Now, then she came. Then she came. I said, then she came. And she knew what to do. What to do. Listen. Persist means to continue firmly or stubbornly in an opinion or course of action despite difficulty, opposition, or failure. In spite of what she heard, in spite of how she felt, now you read another place it says, he says, it's not meat proper to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. You read the same story in another, another gospel. It's not proper to take the children's bread, healing, and give it to the dogs. Because to Jews, Gentiles, any non-Jew was considered a dog. Right? That's what we are. We, we will be the dogs. So that is said. So watch her reply here. He says here, I can't throw to the dogs. Now watch verse 27. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, missed, I, I didn't finish verse 25, did I? She came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. That's the same thing she said earlier. Have mercy on me. But now she's worshiping. Lord, help me. She not her worship ain't Lord. You are worthy. You're so wonderful. This ain't this ain't her worship. Her worship is Lord, help me. You asking for God's help is worship. You submitting and surrendering yourself and saying, God, I can't fix this. I need you. Is worship. It is just as much worship as somebody saying, God, you're worthy of all the praise and all the honor and the glory. When you say, God, I'm at the end of myself. I can't fix this. This is way beyond me. It's worship. You got to do this. He answered, said, I can't take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Verse 26. And she said, now watch this. Watch, watch faith bring wisdom. There it is. There it is. 
If she had turned back, Elder Cheryl, none of this wisdom would have come. She said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In other words, implied, I wrote in my Bible, yes, Lord, I'm a dog. Call me what you want to. See, some of y'all would have got offended if she said that. Some of y'all would have left the church. Can't believe that man called me a dog. Yeah, that's how people got offended. We called them dumb sheep. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. She understood that the crumb is enough. He talking about bread. She said, yeah, but if I just get the crumbs. In other words, I don't even need the whole loaf right now. I'll get prosperity later. I'll get get, get my marriage restored later. That's right now just the crumbs. What I need, in other words, just one of your crumbs, Lord, will will fix this situation. That's one of your little crumbs will fix. That's one of your crumbs will turn my daughter's life around and my life around. Just one crumb from the Lord. Then verse 28, Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Great. This wasn't some little faith. This is great faith. In, in, in the Greek, it's the word megas, mega, like when we get mega big. Great, mega faith. Woman, you have mega faith. Let it be to you as you desire. Hold up. Hold up. You went past the crumb into whatever you desire. Here, you take it. Something that she was not qualified for, something she had no access to, she I mean no Gentile on the planet could get what she was going for but because she was persistent in her faith she reached around the cross reached around the grave reached around hell reached on the resurrection ground and pulled her resurrection ground miracle all the way into her present situation and she got everything that she desired in that moment. Persistent faith did that. Just like the man who would have had to wait till in the morning. The devil wants to make you think you have to wait. Until some distant time, some long, well, you might believe, okay, I can get on this side, but, you know, I, I got to be in ministry 40 years, or I got to be serving God for 20 years before I can, no, 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 you, if you stay persistent in your faith, you can access right now everything that your maturity can handle. You can access everything right now that your maturity can handle. You don't have to wait. It's yours now. He said, great faith. But you're going to have to have some great faith. Remember Jesus said to, him, to, to Peter when Peter was walking on the water and he started sinking? You remember what he said? 
He said, oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? Little faith didn't mean small amount. It meant short-lived. It was short-lived faith. In other words, it only, he wasn't persistent in his faith. So it, it ran out real quick. Short, it only lasted just for a little time. But this woman had the exact opposite. Great faith, which outlasted what she would, what we could call being ignored, outlasted what we could be, what call uh, the, the disciples, the deacons trying to put her out, outlasted this, this declaration from Jesus Christ that as a Gentile, you got you to wait. She said, no, I ain't waiting. She said, I'm not waiting. I wish I had two people who weren't sleeping. Y'all sleep on me, man. She said, I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting. I need it now. I need it now. And I'm not going to wait until the devil lets me off the hook. Or wait until somebody else says, okay, well, yeah, you can have it. Wait until the deacons approve. Okay, yeah, you can come on in here. I'm not messing with the deacons, y'all. I'm just talking about this. All right. See? But the devil, if he can, he'll get you to wait. And you'll, you'll live your life and die and never get your manifestation. You, I'm waiting. Yeah, Pastor, but Job said, all of my appointed time, I'm going to wait until my change come. Yeah, Job also said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Uh, but God was the one slaying him. That wasn't God doing it. The devil was convincing Job to hold God responsible for what the devil had done and to sit around and wait for a long time maybe never happen. Maybe you never get your healing. Maybe you never get a, get a child. Maybe you never get married. Maybe you never come out of poverty. Maybe you never got a debt. Maybe you, you never have your, your right mind like you want it. It's all right, because one of these days, swing low, sweet chariot, coming to carry me home. Can I read one more? All right, last place. Luke 18. Luke 18. Let's, let's go one, one last place since y'all are so awake and alive. Luke 18. I, I appreciate the ones that are still awake. Because somebody tired of waiting. If you're tired of waiting, tell your name, I'm tired of waiting. See, God is not dangling some mythical carrot in front of you. That's not the kind of God we serve that's, that's trying to have you in some unreasonable hope, you know, just to keep letting you down. The Bible says hope does not disappoint. Romans, what is that, Romans 5, 5? Hope does not disappoint. 
Glory to God. Are you in Luke 18? Hallelujah. Verse 1, then he spoke a parable to them. Now, this is a parable here. That men ought to what? Wait, wait, men ought to what now? Always pray. Now, does he mean 24-7 you? I believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Does he mean that 24 hours a day you always pray? Is that what he mean? Or does he mean that you have now a prayer lifestyle? That, that you choose to pray as opposed to worry or choose to pray as opposed to care. You choose, you choose to pray as opposed to going to the world first. So men are to always pray and not to lose heart. Or King James says not faint. Always pray and not faint. If you faint the day of adversity because your strength is small, right? He says saying there was a, in a certain city. Here's, this is a parable he's bringing. A certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. So we already know this is not talking about God. Okay? Now there was a widow in that city. She came to him saying, get justice for me from my get justice from my adversary. And he would not for a while. He would not for a while. Now what's the subject here about this, this parable? Yeah, but what's the parable about though? Prayer. Always praying, not losing heart. Always praying and not losing heart. Always praying and not quitting praying. And not praying just out of rote um, routine. Not praying just out of religion. Well, let me get up and say my prayers. Me, before I go to bed, let me say my prayers. Get my prayers. This is not talking about that. Nothing wrong with that. But this is not talking about that. This is talking about you have a request in mind. Are you teaching a class here on faith or something? Okay. You have a request in mind, something you believe in God, you got a target, a faith target. Something you need or desire from God. He's teaching us about praying and not fainting. Why do people faint? Because time happens. And I prayed three days, Pastor, and nothing happened. Well, you are a prayer warrior like I've not seen before in my life. Well, I prayed seven days, Pastor. I fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and I prayed all 40 days and 40 nights, and nothing happened yet. Okay. No manifestation yet. Well, okay, great. Great, so you're going to quit now? Now, y'all saying, no, I ain't going to quit. But check yourself. <laughs> Write this down. Write this down. Persistent faith will never just move on to something else. Oh, man. That's good right there. Persistent faith will never just move on to something else. Now, the subject here is about praying and not fainting. 
So, persistent faith, it won't relent until the end is achieved. Now, this is for you to evaluate yourself. What is it that you prayed about and it didn't happen and then you just didn't pray about it anymore? I guarantee if every one of us would ask ourselves that question realistically, we can all name two, three, five, ten things that we prayed for and left it alone. What happens, now watch this. Persistent faith and prayer will reveal what your real desires are. Many times, what we call desires of our hearts are not desires, of, they're not real desires of our hearts. They're, they're desires of our eyes. We saw somebody else with it. We say, that's nice. I, I, I wouldn't mind having one of those. And it's covetousness. But a real desire of your heart, first of all, is planted by God. Psalm 37, verse 4, you delight yourself of the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll, give you, he'll put a desire in your heart. So a real desire of your heart comes from God. And if he puts, thank you, Holy Spirit. Man, if he puts that desire in your heart, it's not just because he wants you to have it, it's because he needs that manifestation in the earth. Boy, y'all ain't sent. It's because he needs that manifestation in the earth. He needs it to validate your testimony. He needs it to, to make the word of God attractive in your life to other people. So he'll put a desire, uh, many times it'll be a desire for, you know, to help somebody to build an orphanage or whatever. But sometimes those desires are just for you. He might put a desire in you for a new car. Okay, y'all didn't like that. I'm going to say it in a way. He might put a desire in you for a new car. Now, if he puts it there, it's not a new car for you just because for you to enjoy it. Yes, he wants you to enjoy it. But he knows there's somebody that you've been witnessing to who knows you was broke as a joke. And you couldn't afford it and you couldn't even finance it. I said you couldn't afford it and you couldn't finance it. And yet now you're driving it. And what he doesn't need are, 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 are weak, weak-minded, weak-faith believers who pray about it three times and then let it go and move on to something else. Persistent faith will never just move on to something else. It will not relent until it receives the end. Until it, till the, the end, till the end goes, it, it, till I got it in my hand. And that's one of the ways that you can begin to decipher in your own life what's really a desire of yours and what was just a thought. If you let it go, it was just a thought. It was just a good idea if you let it go. But if it's something you really want, you ain't letting that go. Come on now, anybody, if you, have, you had, a, had a guy or a girl 
you had your eye on and you just, y'all quiet. You ain't, you just, you like, before I let go, I just, I, I, I just can't let go. I just, you know what I'm talking about? If I have to beg and plead, no, y'all, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Baby, baby, give me one more chance. Baby, baby, give me one more chance. Come on. Come on, one, just one more. Come on now. Now, if it was just some little, little fling, you just, go on, girl. There's more fish in the sea. You ain't all that anyway. Now, you thought she was all that last week. You ain't all that anyway. Your breath's thinking you got big feet. I ain't really want you anyway. Now, you wouldn't think about the breath or them feet last week, but now all of a sudden, now she got stank breath and big feet. You know what I'm saying? It's, see, then that wasn't, wasn't real, but somebody you really, you're going to stick to it. Glory to God. Tamara got Chris. Lord, if I got to sow a seed. Lord, if I got to vow a vow. Chris, Chris was bought and paid for. I got to receive him off it. It was worth it. It was worth it. Every penny of it. Is he popping his collar on it okay? Well, that's what the Bible says. A man found a treasure in the field. He'll sell everything he has to buy the whole field. That's a real desire. See, so there are real desires, real vision from God. See, there's a difference between a real vision from God and a good idea. A lot of times, even churches, pastors, we have good ideas because we saw another church doing it. Oh, that's good. That's good. We call it a vision. It ain't really a vision. That's just, that's just copycat eyesight. But a vision from God that gets planted on your heart, you can't just re- release that. If it takes 20 years to manifest, I'm believing God for that. If it takes 30 years to manifest, I'm believing God for that. I'm not going to let, I'm going to keep confessing that. Now watch this woman here. Luke 18. Jesus, oh man. Um, she came and said, that, all right, verse 4. And he would not for a while. That's, what, that's the whole point I was making here. And he would not for a while. For a while. How long has your while been? How long has your while been that you've been praying for? How long has your while been that you've been asking God? How long has your while been that you've been seeking God? How long has your while been you've been waiting on God? But afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because his widow troubles me. She downright annoying me. I will avenge her less by her, her what? Say it again. Her continual coming. She weary me. So this woman continually came. He said no today. 
She went back home. I'm coming back tomorrow. Went back home. Came back next week. I'm back next week. Here I am again. Is it you again? Yes. I'm back. I'm tired of this adversary. Now, hear what the, the unjust judge said, verse 6, verse 7. And shall not God, now, now Jesus showing us God ain't like this. That wasn't God. He's saying, watch, and shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them, though he puts up with their, with their, with their uh, having to mature and grow up in this long? I tell you that he will avenge them, us, speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth. Amplified says, will he really find this kind of persistent faith? Will he really find this kind of persistent faith? What persistent faith? They just keep on coming. I'm not going to let up until alright, let's close here. Verse, go back to Luke 11. Let me just read these two verses to you. Luke 11. If you got a highlighter and a pen, you ought to get them ready to use them. Luke 11, verse 9. Are you there? Remember the story you just read about the man who went to his friend? Jesus keeps on talking. Verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone, this is worth highlighting right here. For everyone who asks implied in faith receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be. Now give me verse 9 and 10 amplified. Amplified. 9 and 10 amplified. 9 and 10 amplified. Watch this. I say to you, ask and keep on asking. Tell your neighbor, ask. And keep on asking. Now, is it ask and keep on asking because God doesn't hear me? Is it because God doesn't want me to have it? No, it's for you to, to narrow down what's really your desire. You keep bringing it up. Thank you, Lord. God, you have promises. I'm accessing my storage. Asking to keep on asking, it shall be given you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you shall find. Knock and keep on keep knocking. On knock. Keep on knocking. That's what that man did. Yeah. He kept on knocking, and the door shall, shall be open to you. Verse 10. For everyone. When I read this scripture a few years back, I actually read it from, from Matthew, uh, Matthew 7, verse 11. But this, in this, this, this verse, man, it's powerful. When I saw that, Pastor Roe, I was like, What? For everyone who asks, receives. See, I, w- I, I grew up in church. I wasn't taught like that. No. That ain't how I learned it. I, I heard sometimes he will, sometimes he won't. Sometimes it's yes, it's yes. Sometimes no, sometimes maybe, sometimes wait. What? Well, if, if it's like that, how can I ever have faith? If I believe it's sometimes yes, sometimes no, how can I have faith? Sometimes he will, sometimes he won't. How can I have faith? If, if something, I, I mean, you can only have faith in what's known. 
So what I found out is we were all asking stuff with no faith. That's why we weren't getting any results. It wasn't because, well, maybe it wasn't God's will. No, you weren't asking in faith. It was God's will. It was clearly God's will to heal. Clearly God's will to supply your needs. You just weren't asking in faith because you kept thinking maybe he will, maybe he won't. So what I found out, Jesus said, everyone who asks receives. I said, good God Almighty, I got it. I got everything I need. All I got to do is ask. He said, everyone who asks, everyone who asks receives. The preacher? Yes. The pastors? Yeah. The missionary? Yeah. The deacons? Yeah. The ushers? Yeah. The greeters? Yeah. The lay members? Yeah. The kids? Yeah. Everyone who asks receives. Well, that's because just pastors have special faith. No. Everyone who asks receives. Did y'all highlight that or underline that or something? I used, to, I used to have that scripture. I, I put it on my computer. On my, back then, on my laptop, I used to have that going across my screen. You know, you put a screensaver on there? Everyone who asks receives. I couldn't wrap my mind around that, Pauline. It's like, what? That totally, that blew me out. Everyone who asks receives. I couldn't grab that at first, so I had to meditate that for a long time. Everyone who asks receives. Just like when you read, you know, 1 Corinthians one twenty, all his promises are yes and amen. See, I wasn't taught like that. All his promises are yes. I was taught yes and no and maybe and wait. You never know. No, I do know. Everyone who asks receives. But the implication is, keeps on asking. Whatever I keep on asking for is actually a desire. He will give me the desires of my heart, not the desires of my eyes. That's called lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. He'll give me the desires, what's really the desire of my heart. Freely. 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 I can have it. Persistent faith will always pay off. If I keep asking, if I keep seeking, and if I keep knocking, the door where all my treasures are stored will be open to me. So I'm asking you today, don't wait to get to heaven to get what's laid up for you. It's laid up for you now to enjoy. Right here. Right now. You can have it now, enjoy it now. Whatever it is that you really desire from God. Hallelujah. Just don't draw back. Because persistence Persistent faith will always pay off. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Father, we praise you and thank you for the promise in your word. You said, whoever asks, receives. What a promise. What a statement. What a loaded statement. God, we could take that one statement by itself and our lives could change off that one statement. I pray today that as I have ministered the word that faith has been released in this place. Your word says faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. I pray that faith has risen in the hearts of your people to some degree to move from ifs and maybes and future into yeses, certainties, sureties, and now that your people can walk and live in the blessings, the goodness that you have for us. Not only for us, but God, we can be the ones who you use to meet the needs of others who don't, who don't have a relationship with you. They don't know you and they have needs and have no recourse. They don't, they don't know how to ask. They don't know how to come to you, Father, and yet we can come to you at any time and receive more than just for our needs, but for the needs of, our, of even others around us. Father, I pray that these, your precious people, would make a real evaluation of, of our lives and know those things that we've let go God, even I ask you, especially those things that you did show us that we let go, things that you did reveal, uh, desires that you did place that we let go because uh, it, it was taking too long. It was a while. And God, there are some things you need us to bring back up. I'm asking you by the Holy Ghost to bring back to our members those things, those things that you've said to us, those visions and dreams that you've, that you've revealed in our hearts. Open our eyes again. Open our hearts again. We'll open our mouths again to pray, to stay before you, that we'll worship you, we'll praise you, we'll adore you, we'll glorify you, we'll magnify you. We'll keep uh, before you your face, Father. We'll, we'll not, as the word says in Isaiah, we'll give you no rest until you bring a rest on the earth. God, we'll stay before you we know that, God, we can't annoy you. <laughs> Spend the real time making sure, Lord, that they know, Father, what is, what is from you and what is just of the flesh. Those things that are from you continue to place before you so that you can get your will done, your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you. We give you praise. and We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Give, you, give God a praise today if you receive that word. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.